0: On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant Vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music music teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and this episode is all about a step-by-step ear training exercise for your piano students. If you want the accompanying article for this episode, you can find it at colorfulkeys.ie slash 137. Hey there, wonderful teachers. Do you manage to include ear training in your lessons, or is it something that always gets left out? No shame here. Absolutely none at all. I have struggled so much to fit oral work into my piano lessons for years. I finally found space for it, but it took me a long time to fit this in. So if you're in the struggle bus for this at the moment, you are not alone. Trust me. What I want to break down in this little episode here is a simple and effective ear training exercise for your piano students. Because often where we stumble with stuff like this is we know some ideas, we have some ideas of what's out there, we have some concept of what might be useful, but it's really hard to know where to start. And so because of all that overwhelm, because of thinking I could do it this way, I could do it that way, oh but that would be really useful, we end up fitting in nothing. And we would be much better just putting in something, even if it's imperfect. Even if it's not the best, ultimate ear training curriculum. If we just did something, our students would be better off. So the exercise I'm going to share with you in this episode can be done in like two to three minutes of lesson time. That's all I want you to give me. Two to three minutes of lesson time, week after week. When you're trying to introduce something new like this, I highly suggest just putting it first in the lesson. It's really tempting to think, I'll save the last three minutes for that. That'll be fun. What happens to the last three minutes? They disappear. They magic themselves away, don't they? So whenever I'm trying to introduce something new into my lessons, especially something that's a short chunk of time like this, that's easy to neglect, I will put it first. That's the simplest solution. Sounds basic, but it works. So try doing this first thing in your lessons. If you aren't doing any ear training at the moment and you want to incorporate some type of ear training work into your lessons, just try it. I'd suggest you try this for about 10 weeks, a long time of just a few minutes out of each lesson with every one of your students. This is, starts at a very beginner level. But it will absolutely work for more advanced students who just haven't done a ton of ear training. So don't be hesitant about doing it with students at any level at all. It's just a few minutes. Let's give it a go. So stage one is to start on the three black keys. You're going to ask your student to put their hand on the three black keys. Use fingers two, three, and four is perfect. Either hand does not matter. They're going to put their hand on the three black keys. And you're going to put your hand on the three black keys. And you're going to play a short pattern. For example, do, re, mi. And then ask them to play it back to you. They play it back. You ask them to come up with their own pattern. You play that back. Back and forth. A few times. The end. That's it. That's all you're doing for that lesson. Now, right now, you might be thinking, uh, Nicola, I've heard of that before. That's called an echo. Or that's called a whatever you call it. Uh, That's not exactly very interesting or revolutionary. Bear with me. What I want to do is help you take that further. I want to give you a step-by-step process so that you can take that simple echo exercise and really make it work for you and make the learning happen within that so that it's not just something you do at the very start of lessons with a new beginner, that it's something you can take much further beyond that. But you have to start from there. Okay, so we go on this journey. All right, so we've done our three black key echo back and forth. We've done a few of those and it's now next week. Now we're going to start to move it all over the shop, as we would say. So we're going to do Do, Re, Mi, which is what we were doing before, G flat, A flat, B flat, first three notes of the G flat major scale. Now we're going to take them into different keys. I suggest you start this with C major, so you ask your student to put their hand now on three white keys, C, D and E, and you play a pattern, they echo it back to you, You play. they play a pattern, you echo it back to them, back and forth a few times. So we're going with C, D, E right now, and then we're going to move on to F and then G. So we're just doing the, all the white key options for DO, RE, MI. By the way, I should say, you can adapt this as you go based on how well your student does naturally with ear training. So some students, you'll do that simple do, re, mi, and they will, echo that back, no issue. Some students, even that will give them a bit of a pause, right? And then you just make it a little bit harder each time in terms of the patterns you're giving them and how fast you're going and the amount of rhythmic variance that you're introducing. So you can actually make three notes quite hard if you need to and make it quite long to challenge students who need that. But you've done it in C major, then you take it to F major, then you take it to G major. And then you're done for another week. Again, just two, three minutes. That's all we're looking for. Now it's the third week. Okay, here's where it really starts to get interesting. You're going to ask your student to pick out a new Do. This week, I want you to pick any key on the piano to be Do. So they pick D. And you say, okay, now try and find Ray and me from there. And you can sing the notes if, if you need to to get them to remember what that even means, do re mi. But most students kind of know that from just being in the world. So they try to look for Ray and me, and then they come across a problem, right? Because they play me and it doesn't sound quite like me. Now, if they don't notice that right away, you just say to them, hmm, did that me sound the same as the other me's did before? Not quite right. Does something need to change? And if they don't get there straight away, you say, okay, how about we try a black key? Right, so we've got an F sharp in this one. Then we do some more echoes there. Rinse and repeat. So just pick another spot. Ask them to pick another doe. Have them try and find Ray and me. From there, they can pick any note to be doe. Some of them try <laughs> put doe on a black key and think they're doing something revolutionary and bold. But they're not. And you say, yeah, great. Any note can be Do. Any note at all. And yeah, you just do this with a few different keys. I do this for a few weeks as well. So you're still with just three notes of the scale. But because you can explore so many different keys and because they're learning to find Ray and me with their ears, it's a really good exercise to do. So do this for at least two weeks where they're just moving Do, Ray and me all over the place then it's time to actually talk about those words and label them properly so we've been using them in context but we haven't really required our students to use the words do re and me and to label the notes that way so now we're going to add a layer this is about week five if you're keeping track we're going to add a layer to our little echo exercise what we're going to do is we're going to ask our student to tell us the pattern after they played it. So you ask them to pick DO as usual, they find RE and Me, you find the same spot on the piano. Then you play a pattern, and you ask them to play it back, but you say, hmm, can you translate that pattern into solfa? What would that be in sulfur? And if they go solfa, you go DO RE MI, DO RE MI language. Okay, well it was MI, DO, RE, DO, awesome. Now that's a new part of your process. Every time you or they echo back a pattern, they need to then tell you what it was in solfa. So they have to do it both times. Now they're learning to label these notes and think about them in a new way, which is preparing us for the next step. So around week six, seven, somewhere around there, we're going to introduce them to singing these patterns. So first of all, do a couple of run-throughs, just very briefly, like a minute of doing them on the piano, just to set up your ears together, and then sing a pattern for them. Sing just still do-re-mi. We haven't introduced any new notes. We're still dealing with three notes. You're going to sing a pattern using the Kerwin hand signs. And if you need help understanding the Kerwin hand signs, check out last week's episode. Also check out the blog post on the colorful Keys blog about that so sing it while doing the color and hand signs or just make up your own hand signs if you like and then have them echo that back to you using the hand signs and then they make up a pattern with the hand signs if they can and you sign and sing that back to them so you're going back and forth the same way you were on the piano but now singing and signing the hand signs will take them a bit of time to get used to but it's only three signs So it won't take that long, and it's a really useful step to add to that, and it'll help them to be able to echo it when it's their turn to echo. However, coming up with their own patterns is really the benefit we have here. When they're having to come up with their own patterns, they have to internalize the differences in pitch between Do, Re, and Me. They're not relying on a piano anymore. While you're doing this, you should also change keys as well. That just keeps things fresh for you and for your student. So what you're going to do is, you know, do a couple of echoes back and forth, and then you play a new tonic chord, play whatever you like, and then play Do. So that gives you both your new frame of reference, and then you start singing from there, and then continue like that. So changing keys. If you're teaching mostly young students, I'm going to suggest you keep your keys between the E to G range. For singing Do, Re, Mi, so you might go as low as E flat, maybe. If your students are not too young, but probably E major, F major, G flat, G is a comfortable range for a lot of students. That may not be your comfortable range, but obviously you have to go by the students. So I would encourage you to do the tonic chord every time because otherwise you'll default to whatever is your natural range. For me, I'm an alto. I'm going to drop below that and that's not the best for my students. I certainly can sing in G major for example. Perfectly capable of that but I don't default to it and if you're an alto two you're not going to. So set yourself up with that tonic chord and do each time. Right so what are our students doing at this stage? We're on about week seven or so. They are able to echo back patterns all over the piano in lots of different keys. They're probably getting used to what Those shapes are in a lot of the keys that they've used, because they've experienced them so many times, and they're able to sing and sign patterns to you in solfa. Now, week eight or so, we're going to introduce so. The note's so. Why have I chosen so? That is the next one, isn't it? Is your solfa knowledge that bad? No, it's not. We're going to introduce so next, because it's easier. It's that lovely minor third. It has the bigger gap. We don't have to deal with a semitone and we're not gonna get as confused, right? So we're giving them the easier note first, and then we're gonna go back and fill in fa. So you're gonna introduce so, and you're gonna do all the same steps that you've been doing, but they'll be more familiar with the process, so it's not gonna take as long. You're going to do your playing on the piano with them finding do re so, and you're gonna play a pattern using those notes, whatever key they choose, and then they're gonna play it back and label it, and then they play a pattern for you, You play it back, they label it in solfa every single time. Then you're going to do that with singing, introducing the new hand sign. And you're going to stick with those four notes for at least two to three weeks. Our last step is to introduce fa. And by this stage, you're just filling in a gap. And they're so used to the process of doing these types of echoes, both on the piano with the labels and singing, that it's going to go super smooth. It's going to be a piece of cake. But it's not the easiest thing in the world to find that fat, and they do have five notes to choose from now, so it's going to challenge their ears, which is why we waited until they're really used to the process that they're going through to introduce that extra note. Does that sound doable? It's step by step. You might have to go back and listen to this podcast or look at the written version on the blog in order to be able to follow this, but I hope you can see how... It really can be done in two to three minutes of lesson time each and every week. And it can get to a really great stage where they're understanding this kind of oral work on so many levels. I wanted to quickly explain one thing, which is that the whole time I was talking about you and your student. I did that because that's where most of you are going to be at. Most teachers who listen to this podcast will be teaching one on one lessons primarily. However, I do not do this exercise with just me and my student most of the time. I do this in my buddy lesson time, which is the overlapping portion of the lesson between my students. So I have one student come and I have them for some solo time. Then I have a second student come and the two students are there with me together, all three of us together. And that's when I do activities like this because I love to get the students echoing off each other. The only thing that would change about how I do those activities in that case is that I would have them always label, alternate labeling the Salfa, right? So instead of one student doing it every time, they're going to label their own, and then the other student labels their own. Nothing else changes about this. It worked great in a group or one-to-one. Now I'd love to hear from you. Have you used Salfa in your studio? Have you done ear training exercises? Do you have a favorite oral exercise that you like to do with your students? Let us know your experiences with this. You can write a comment on the article that goes along with this episode. That's on the Colorful Keys blog, and it's colorful with two u's. So you can write a comment there. We'd love to hear from you there. Or you can find us on Facebook, either on their Colorful Keys page or in the group, which is Vibrant Music Studio Teachers. Or, one of my favorite places to hang out is actually Instagram, so you can find me there at Colorful Keys. I would absolutely be thrilled to hear from you about this topic. I think it's something many of us should be doing more of in our piano studio. That's it for this week. I'll catch you next time. If you ever get overwhelmed by all the different teacher training options out there, Vibrant Music Teaching is the place for you. We nickname our members flamingos because they're masters of balancing all of the things and making it all work in a way that isn't overwhelming we have tools to help you do that inside vibrant music teaching so go to vmt.ninja and sign up today